to the Behavioral Switch. I'm your host, Elizabeth Krantz, published author, behavioral therapist, graduate student, and the Behavioral Mindset Coach. Let's change our lives one behavior modification at a time. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Behavioral Switch. I'm your host, Elizabeth Krantz, and I'm so excited to be continuing our Founding Fathers series. As I've said before, and will continue to reiterate, in order to understand psychology, we have to start at the beginning. Last week, we talked about Ivan Pavlov and his experiment surrounding the theory of conditioning. Today, we're going to be talking about the one, the only, John B. Watson. I am excited to talk about Watson because his story involves just a little bit of scandal. First, though, our sponsor for this week, the Behavioral Switch podcast is brought to you by The Behavioral Switch, soon to be an official LLC, changing your life one behavior modification at a time through life coaching sessions focused on the principles of behavioral psychology. Now, on to Watson. The title Father of Behaviorism was bestowed to John B. Watson. Watson was an American psychologist who worked and conducted research at John Hopkins University. Watson's theories on objective behaviorism became the dominating ideology in the United States in the 1920s and 1930s. Watson was born in 1878 near Greenville, South Carolina. He attended Furnham University when he was only 16 years old. After five years, he graduated with his bachelor's and master's degree, where he then went on to receive a doctorate in psychology from the University of Chicago in 1903. He became a professor at John Hopkins University and immediately opened a research lab. In 1913, Watson gave a seminal lecture at Columbia University titled Psychology as the Behaviorist Views It, which not only secured his prestigious title, but also coined the term behaviorist, as that term had not been used up until that point. While other psychologists of the time were concerned with consciousness, influenced by Sigmund Freud's theories of psychoanalysis, Watson believed that the study of consciousness was inherently flawed, and it was nearly impossible to directly observe consciousness. However, one could objectively and quantitatively define and observe behavior. Watson's most famous experiment is known as Little Albert. Within this experiment, Watson and his associate, Rosalie Rayner, conditioned a baby boy named Albert to fear a white rat. Using Pavlov's experiments as an influence, Watson paired loud banging sounds with a picture of a white rat. Upon hearing the loud banging, baby Albert would cry and become afraid. Soon, the baby would cry and scream at the sight of the white rat without the banging noise. But amazingly enough, the discovery went further than Albert being afraid of a white rat. Albert formed a generalization to all white animals. Albert reacted the same way he did to a white rat as to a white bunny, a white mouse, white cat, etc. Watson not only further proved Pavlov's theories of conditioning, he also discovered that one can generalize the same response to different stimuli, the similarity being the color white in the case of poor baby Albert. Interestingly enough, and I found this out um, from a biography on John B. Watson, in 2009, researchers proposed that the boy known as little Albert was actually a boy named Douglas Merritt. Researchers were curious as to what happened to the boy and found that he had sadly passed away at the age of six to a medical condition called hydrocephalus, which is a condition where fluid builds up in the brain. Psychologists then began to question Watson's validity and proposed that little Douglas was not actually healthy at the time of the experiment, which meant that Watson lied about the boy being in good health. 
If this was true, it would mean that Watson's experiment would be discredited. However, in 2014, a different set of researchers found that a boy named Albert Barger, who matched the characteristics of little Albert more so than Douglas Merritt, and proposed that it was actually Albert Barger who was the child in the experiment. So yay for Watson. Um, His experiment was actually valid. In 1915, Watson served as the president of the American Psychological Association. Then in 1919, he published Psychology from the Standpoint of Behaviorism. In 1925, he published the book Behaviorism, and then in 1957, the year before he passed away, Watson received the American Psychological Association's Award for Distinguished Scientific Contributions. Watson taught and studied at John Hopkins' Hall in 1920. His resignation came with scandal, though. He had an affair with his assistant, Rayner, divorced his wife, and then was essentially fired from his position at John Hopkins because of the scandal. He later remarried Rayner, and the two remained married until she passed away in 1935. Watson passed in 1958 in New York City, and unfortunately for us, he burned many of his unpublished personal papers and letters, meaning that there is a huge possibility that more theories were confirmed through his research, and we will simply never know about it. I like to believe that Watson was a man of mystery. Even though his theories dominated the school of psychology in 1930s, it came with a lot of backlash. Researchers were running into many different problems, one of them being how to define a certain behavior. A current day example would be an instance that I personally ran into. One of my clients has two technicians, me and this other girl. Then this client has the BCBA who writes all of the programs. The BCBA decided to have a team session one day. And when going over all of the behaviors that we were taking data on, I asked about the behavior spitting. Now the definition the BCBA had in the program was whenever the client spits from his mouth, which is honestly pretty vague. However, the client spit in two different ways. He would either spit water or juice from his mouth, a type of liquid, uh, like a kid would in a pool, or he would physically grab spit from his mouth, from his tongue, and rub it into his skin. And it turns out that both me and the other technician were counting the data wrong. She was counting when he spit fluid from his mouth, like water or juice, but I was counting both when he spit water from his mouth and when he rubbed it on his body. There was a confusion in the operational definition. During Watts' time, psychologists were running into the same issue. Researchers were collecting data on behavior, but realized that different researchers were collecting totally different definitions of behavior. Another issue that Watson ran into was the objectiveness of behaviorism. He was essentially saying that humans are machines, and at the end of the day, emotions, environment, upbringing... None of it mattered because behavior was the only true way people communicated. Of course, we understand that the human mind is so much more complicated than that. And as a result, just as with Freud and the neo-Freudian, excuse me, neo-Freudians, many psychologists began to break off and form their own branches of thought on behaviorism. In a way, I like to think I'm doing the same. Next week, we will be talking about B.F. Skinner and the pigeon box. In the meantime, take a screenshot of this podcast and post it to Instagram and Facebook. Tag me at the burgundy underscore rose on Instagram or simply Elizabeth Krantz on Facebook. I love to see who is listening. In other news, this podcast, just three episodes in, drumroll please, is officially international. According to the data, we have listeners in Nigeria and the United Kingdom, as well as the United States. Thank you so much to those who share this content with friends and family. And for those listening all the way across the sea, I see you and I appreciate you.
Also, thank you to those who have followed this podcast. I can't see exactly who is following, but I am so grateful for you. If you would like to work with me one-on-one, I have coaching packages available. Email thebehavioralswitch at gmail.com for more information. And let's talk about how we can work together to break your bad habits and achieve your dreams. Well, that's all I've got, folks. I'll see you next week on The Behavioral Switch.